Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Is that a clap there, Mark? No, that was just me moving something that was about to fall on me. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to finish anything. Oh, what was it? It was my phone, which I keep smashing, so I'm glad I caught it. Um, Your phone was going to fall on you? Yeah. Where'd you keep it? Like, on the light bulb? It was right on the edge of my desk and I moved and hit it. That's not so interesting. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Hello, Joshua. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Good. It's sunny outside. Spring is here for today. Who knows what it will be in the next hour or so. Who Such knows? Such is the British weather. I'm currently sitting in a room in my house, and although it's sunny out, I'm freezing. Well, you can't really turn the heating on now, can you? It's it's May, and we've got this cost of living crisis. Correct, exactly. Um, we've got one room in the house that doesn't get the sun, so uh, it's cold, and that's where I sit and work. So it's freezing in here. I've got my uh, long sleeves on, keeping uh, keeping wrapped up. I would put a hat and scarf on, but that's over the top. I actually went away over the past weekend to celebrate my 14th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And we went on a, a two-day cruise to the Channel Islands, or to one to the Channel Islands, to Guernsey. You and love you a good of, cruise. Yeah, we do love a cruise. And often it's nice and hot, uh, particularly if you go away in May. And towards the Channel Islands, it's supposed to be a warmer climate, but we went and it was pretty cold and a bit wet. Whereas here in leafy Hertfordshire, people were basking in the sunshine. Exactly. You just got it. You're spending your, your your time in the wrong places. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, did you pay for this cruise, or was this <laughs> one of your uh, what do you call it, like research trips, freebies, um, travel reviews? No, this was one I did off my own back through my own hard-earned savings. Although the PR press person was on board, and she did get us into the posh yacht club for an anniversary tea and champagne. Very nice. Now, yeah. just thinking back to our podcast recently, the one about um, joint bank accounts and things. Mm. So who pays for an anniversary cruise? <laughs> Both of us. T- that's coming out of a joint account. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Fair enough. Well done. Yeah, I'm still need to sort that out. Um, should I jump onto our subject or do you have anything else you want to mention today? You, before You we can forget? jump onto your subject. Yeah, pleasure. On, because we were talking about kind of moving around, being in the right places, wrong places. This is an interesting segue I've got. So I'm going to talk about the housing market and mortgages in particular. Okay. Because there's been uh, a bit of talk recently amid this cost of living crisis and um, interest rate rises that um, mortgage lenders are becoming a bit uh, more cagey because um, there's a prospect of people... If we if we enter a recession, people could lose their jobs. Uh, people may not be getting as many pay rises, so mortgage lenders may be a bit more wary about lending um, to what has previously been quite a buoyant housing market. And uh, some brokers, 
not necessarily you, or you can tell me soon, are also saying they've seen an increase in down valuations where um, people were putting off an offer on a house uh, and then people go to their lender to get a mortgage and the mortgage lender says, oh, no, we don't think the house is worth that much. It's worth this and we'll only lend you this, which could well stifle the sales market. I've said quite a lot there. What do you think? Are you seeing this? You did say quite a lot there. <laughs> Should we so, start with what a damn valuation is? Have you? Because do you come across yeah. that much? When you well, do? well, let's start with what a valuation is and why you need yes. one. So, when you arrange a mortgage for a property, so whether that's a purchase or a refinance, the mortgage lender will send a surveyor to the property, and that surveyor's job is to value the property. So they'll go there, they'll come and have a look around your house. They will um, go away and do some research and they'll look at other prices in the area and all their fancy systems and things. And they will say, right, we believe the property is worth X. Now, I've always thought that um, it's a bit of a strange system. I'm a bit dubious about some of these surveyors. So I do know a few who are actually very good, but I've come across a lot of crap ones. Mm. Because... What is a property worth? Well, it's it's what someone's prepared to pay for it, really, isn't it? Yeah. There's no sort of, you can't say this This is the exact value. And what I find a bit strange is that the surveyor is told what the um, purchase price is or what the, let's say, estimated valuation is if someone's refinancing. And I always thought, well, it'd be better if they went in blind. And they just yeah. had to do their own research and see what they came up with. But the fact that they told a number, you know, we think our house is worth half a million or a million, that gives them a bit of um, bias, I think. But you're saying surveyor there, but are, are these people surveyors or are they just valuers for the lender? So um, most lenders, I can't think of any that don't, most lenders don't use their own valuers. So they don't employ their own people. They outsource it to independents surveyors so they are chartered surveyors these people that go and value the property but this part of the process because obviously if you're buying a property or sometimes when you're remortgaging you may have an actual home survey that looks at the kind of structure and the inside and outside of the house but when a mortgage lender does, does it that could be something separate where they're just sending someone to confirm their valuation correct they're still chartered surveyors yeah so they have to be qualified but their expertise is in valuations but this is where I think it gets silly because if you're buying a property, you could be, you could, you instruct your own surveyor to get a valuation to inform your offer. And then there's a whole reason why it's silly if the stage you do that. But then for a mortgage lender separately, we'll also be getting their own valuation. Well, the mortgage lender, the reason they get a valuation is they have, if they're going to lend you a million pounds to yeah. buy a property for, I don't know, one and a half million pounds they have to make sure that the property is actually worth one and a half million pounds. Because you could say, well, I'm buying this property for 1.5 million, but actually all you're buying is um, a garage. So that so they instruct someone to protect their interest to say, yeah, they're, they're buying what they're saying they are and it is worth X. Mm -hmm. So in theory, you could share a surveyor but I reckon they're probably worried about, you know, let's ask my mate to go and value it and he does me a favour and, and, and mortgage fraud. 
Mm. So they protect their interests by instructing their own surveyor. Now, that's different from a survey that you may get done when you're buying a property, like either a home buyer's report or a full building survey. Those are to protect your interests as a buyer, to make sure there's nothing wrong with the property, no faults, things like dangerous wiring, subsidence, holes in the roof, anything like that, the type of stuff that the that your surveyor is looking for. Mm. Now, so there was a report in the Times last week uh, that uh, where some brokers, well, one broker from private finance was warning that one in 30 homes are now being downvalued by lenders. So what, should we discuss what a downvaluation means? Yeah, so... A down valuation is when you have given your estimated valuation to the lender, um, one and a half million pounds, and the surveyor has gone to visit the property and they've said it's worth less. They've said it's only worth 1.4 million. So they have down valued the property. And where that can cause a problem, there's a, lot, there's a few ways it can cause a problem. So one is... If you're buying a property and you've agreed to pay one and a half million and the surveyor has come back and said it's only worth 1.4 million, what do you do? So do you go back to the vendor or to the sellers and say, well, I'm not paying it. It's only worth 1.4. Do you, um, if, you're, if you're borrowing money on a mortgage, it might mean that they're going to lend less because it's valued less. So if they were prepared to give you 50% of the value, you, you were expecting 750,000, which is 50% of 1.5 million, but they're only prepared to give you 700,000, which is 50% of 1.4 million. So you've got, if you're going to carry on buying it at the same price, you've got to find an extra 50,000 of your own money. Hmm. Well, I mean, let, let's say you're buying a property, Mark. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it more realistic for your circumstances. So you're buying a property for 3 million. <laughs> and, um, the mortgage lender's valuer has come back and said, actually, it's only worth 2.75 million. Mm. What, what would you do in that situation? Well, you'd have to go back to the, well, you'd have to go, you, you've got a couple of options, I guess. You've got to, you could ask the lender what, how they valued the property, get the agent to chat with them and justify their valuation, because quite often the agent will have been involved in that process. So they may have reasons why they think a property is worth more that they can send to a lender or you could just go to the place you're purchasing or if you're the one selling a property you may have to alter the price the actual asking price it's a tricky one isn't it because like we said at the beginning a property is worth what someone's prepared to pay for it so if you're prepared to pay three million pounds for this property hmm. who, who are they to say well it's not worth that yes yeah. if it's only worth like a hundred grand you know when you're talking about a, a sort of a ridiculous difference fair enough but if it's just a little bit here or there I think uh, it's an odd one and I find we haven't been seeing lots of down valuations I've seen it in the past but I haven't seen it for a while yeah. but but where I've experienced it as a, a more common occurrence is actually remortgages rather than purchases okay. where people are valuing their homes at more than they are potentially worth so you'll come to remortgage your house and you think it's worth um, a million pounds, but the surveyor says, well, actually, it's only worth 900,000. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a trickier one because 
if if you're not selling it, if there isn't a buyer, it's harder to value. Yeah. Um, and what most surveyors will ask, if you don't agree with the valuation, you can appeal it with a a lender. The problem I've found in the past is that surveyors are very stubborn. <laughs> yeah, and unwilling to discuss it. I found in the past. So most lenders will have an appeals process. Yeah. Uh, some of them say, well, if the valuation is not more than 20% out, we're not even going to consider an appeal. And 20% is quite a big yeah. difference. Uh, most surveyors will say that they need to see three comparable properties that have sold within the last three months to consider the appeal. So your 10-bedroom um, a 10 bathroom property mm. with a pool on three acres of land, they'll say, well, show us three others that have sold within, let's say, a mile in the last three months and we might consider it. But I've found that very few surveyors are actually willing to change their valuations because they are scared. It's uh, Why are they scared? Well, they're on the hook to the lender. So they're there to protect the lender's interests. So they're actually better off to downvalue properties. So there's less chance of them getting sued. By the lender. Yeah, if they overvalue a property mm. and the borrower defaults, so the borrower doesn't pay the mortgage and the lender's then got to repossess and sell the property. If they get less than the valuer has said it's worth, the lender's going to go after the valuer. So I think there's a lot of um, CYA from... Valuers. CY is that that old clothes shop? No, that's C and A. Right. CYA is cover your ass. Okay. I think they're protecting their own interests and they'd rather downvalue a property than sort of uh, put the effort in to get a realistic valuation. Well, I mean, that's disappointing to hear if they're not, because surely their job is to get a realistic thing and to do a, a proper job, in my opinion. Because if, if they're going back to say, oh, you should give us three comparables within a mile. Well, you think, well, isn't that what you should have done? And exactly. Well, then maybe they say they have, and that's why we've yeah. come up with this particular valuation. Yeah. But then also, I guess, every sale has its own context. So a sale could go cheap because, it's, I don't know, it's a divorcing couple that has to have a quick sale or could be really expensive because um, there was a bidding war or something. So, I don't know, context, I feel, is always important. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think another issue uh, is, I guess, some valuers or surveyors will visit a property either physically and do it in person and walk around but some may just do a digital or drive by and that could yeah you've got a couple of types you've got um the the physical in-person valuation which is probably the best type you've got a drive-by where they just drive by and shoot out the window (laughs) Uh, no they just drive by they don't even go into the property and then you've got a desktop valuation where they just use their computer system um, for a lot of people, a drive-by and a desktop valuation are enough and it gets them the valuation they need. But where borrowing is tighter and they need a, real, a, a realistic, more accurate valuation, sometimes the borrowers need the surveyors to go and visit a property. But do you, do you think much of this is influenced by if a lender is offering free valuations? Like if, so if the lender knows that the borrower isn't going to be paying are they more inclined to just say, oh, we'll just get a drive-by or a remote one done because we're not getting any money for this? 
No, I don't think so because the lenders, they're as we said before, they're they're doing this to protect their interests. So they're not going to uh, be stingy and risk hundreds of thousands of million pounds just to save a few hundred quid on a valuation. They will have rules as to what determines whether an in-person or a physical valuation is needed. So if you are buying something or remortgaging for something worth a million pounds, but only borrowing 50,000 pounds, they're more likely to be comfortable doing a desktop valuation. If you are buying something for a million pounds, but borrowing 950,000, they're more likely to want an in-person survey um, to make sure that that million is correct and it's not 900,000. So the loan to value does impact it. Do you think in this current environment, we're likely to see more down, down valuations? Yeah, whenever there is a negative sentiment on house prices, so where people think house prices might start to cool or come down, you do tend to see more down valuations. Is that a clap there, Mark? No, that was just me moving something that was about to fall on me. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to finish anything. Oh, what was it? It was my phone, which I keep smashing, so I'm glad I caught it. Um, Your phone was going to fall on you? Yeah. Where'd you keep it? Like, on the light bulb? It was right on the edge of my desk and I moved and hit it. That's not okay. so interesting. Um, do you think banks, if, if there's going to be an increase, is that a good thing that if the economic environment is going to get worse, do people need to get more realistic about how much they're borrowing and property values? Well, it... it it's a strange one. If I've agreed to buy something for half a million pounds, then it probably is worth half a million pounds. I'm not going to pay more than that if I don't think it's worth that. So downvaluing it, I don't know what that achieves, really. Well, it ensures that people aren't borrowing too much and that they can afford monthly repayments if there's going to be a, sw- if there's going to be a big recession and a swathe of job losses. When the, when the downvaluation is a big amount, and the purchase price or the value is because the purchase price or the value has been so unrealistic, then that makes sense. But when it's sort of like 10, 20, 30,000 pounds, I think it's just uh, being pedantic from the surveyors. It can cause a massive problem to buyers and sellers, but not really add much value to a lender. I had many years ago. Um, in our previous house, we went to remortgage with, um, I think it was HSBC at the time. And we had bought a new build originally. And I think it was a two-year fixed rate mortgage. I can't remember exactly. Or two-year tracker rate mortgage. And the two years came to an end. And we had an estimate of what the property was worth. And the surveyor came back with a much lower amount. But because... Um, it had been a new build and because no one else had sold yet we had no comparables to give to the surveyor so we ended up having to pay a higher interest rate than we would have done had the surveyor um, known what they were talking about and our valuation proved to be accurate because we sold for a, um, a sold a couple of years later for more than that valuation at that point in time wouldn't it be good to be, then be able to go back to the surveyor and say, well, you cost me this much extra in interest because of your stubbornness? Yeah, it would be great if you could do that. The surveyor would say, well, at that point in time, this is what it was worth. In my obstinate opinion. 
Exactly, <laughs> in my obstinate opinion. I've had stories from uh, clients who have had surveyors visit the property and they've said, oh, I had a lovely chat with a guy and we discussed prices in the market and he agreed what I was saying and comparables in the area. And then you get the report from the lender and he's put a, a much lower amount than they told the clients in the in the meeting. So he was just sort of BSing. Wow. Um, and I've had other experiences where clients have said the guy came around and he was really a pain in the backside. He was really arrogant, wouldn't listen to me. So my personal experiences of surveyors aren't great. Talk about mortgage valuers, um, apart from the, the two or three who I know personally, who I do think do a good job. Do you want to give them name checks? See if they're listening? No, I won't give them a name okay. check. You won't. Um, okay. Uh, I didn't have any other questions about damn valuations unless... You wanted to. Has anyone ever said any any lender ever said they want to lend more? Any surveyor service house is worth you should be lending more on it. Not that you should be lending more. We have had a few up valuations yeah. where the normally on a remortgage rather than purchase. I don't think I've seen it on a purchase, but on a remortgage where they've said actually we think your house is worth a bit more than you've told us. Um hasn't made any difference to the application because clients were borrowing with the right amounts in the first place and at the right rates anyway um, but it is sort of sometimes a pleasant surprise for the clients when they see that I'm sure well, that may be all we have time for then lovely please remember anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice but if you do need support feel free to contact us on Twitter you can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app that helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny. penny.